Welcome to the Endure Stronger podcast, made by runners for runners. We're your go-to guide to get stronger, bulletproof your training against injury, and build resilient bodies for life and racing. We're passionate about serving the runner community, and we bring you the most interesting and accomplished guests and speakers to inspire you and keep you entertained on those long, slow runs. I'm your host, Sam McIntosh, and I'm a writer and a certified nutrition and weightlifting coach. And I'm joined here by Laura Rutherford, a chartered physiotherapist and Pilates expert extraordinaire. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stronger and on Instagram and Twitter at EndureStronger. You can also join our Facebook community by clicking visit group on our page and sending us a member request. If you're enjoying the show, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you have any questions or comments or any feedback for us about the show, feel free to send them to us directly at sam at EndureStronger.com. Enjoy the show, guys. Hello and welcome to the Endure Stronger podcast. This is episode eight, uh, the COVID-19 podcast. <laughs> Laura's laughing because she's nervous, not oh, because she, she finds it funny. It's been a crazy week. It has been a crazy week. Um, I'm sure it has been a crazy week for you guys as well. Now, we're not going to tell you what you already know in this podcast and we're not going to talk about or contribute to what's going on in social media at the moment, whether that's shaming people for the decisions they make around the virus, so whether they go outside or not, whether their social distancing is extreme enough, all of that sort of stuff we're not going to talk about, I would say. All we want to do today is try and find out what's going to be helpful for you guys, try and hopefully give you some tips to work through um, in this time, and try and find some of the positives that might be able to be drawn from this situation. Yeah, because this is a situation, no mistake, that our country, the world, hasn't seen. In any of our lifetimes. In any of our lifetimes, in decades. I mean, there's there's some people out there who have lived through the World War, um, maybe even two World Wars, but this type of biological crisis, health crisis, um, risk of infection, sci-fi, double weird shit that we're going through at the moment <laughs> it's um, new. is is new and it's um it's a new type of uncertainty in hysteria i think because of how connected we are so obviously this is a podcast for runners and by runners so we are going to talk about it from a runner's point of view but also just as humans as well like laura is a physiotherapist and um, a movement specialist i'm a strength coach and a nutrition coach as well and I suppose in general, you, you some people might describe me as, as a health coach. I've mm-hmm. been introduced when I've done um, seminars and stuff like that as well. But I want to stress that we're not talking to you as we're experts and this is what you should do sort of thing, are we? We're here for guidance. Yeah, um, and, and to talk to you as, as people. Like, we're people. Um, we've had some moments of shitting ourselves this week. Of course we <laughs> and, uh, uh, and sort of where you're looking at the TV and you're just like, I could lean into blind panic right now if I wanted to. <laughs> but also we have, you know, some some things of value that we think that we can offer. And that's, as as we're going to outline in the podcast, that's on um, how you can manage, deal with, you know, maybe reframe and think about your nutrition management, your movement management, and your sleep and stress management. How all those things, and obviously those things into play, um, which we are doing because we want to help. 
I think the only sort of, I think I find, I've found this week anyway, that I've found great satisfaction and a lot of stress relief by seeking to help others. I don't know about you. Um, I, I think what we can all be so grateful for, um, especially in the world that we live in right now, is that we have so many methods of communicating with each other. Um, it's something that we really can be so grateful for, that we can communicate and support each other through this time. Yeah. Um, so it gives us knowledge that we can share and distribute and if we can help anyone in any way that's all we want to do yeah we can so okay let's get started so i think my personal point of view in this in that the reason that people find are finding this so stressful is because the whole situation is terribly uncertain that's absolutely a key word yeah it's incredibly uncertain so when we talk about managing nutrition managing your movement managing your sleep and your stress Really, I think broadly we're talking about managing, dealing with the uncertainty. And um, it's funny because I, I love books on like the evolution of the human race and like the story of the human body by Daniel Lieberman and Sap- Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. Our like legacy as humans, our hallmark is that we don't manage, we don't manage uncertainty very well <laughs> at all. It is literally the worst thing that we, that we're, that we're built to deal with. So if you look at when we were hunter-gatherers, obviously that was extremely uncertain, didn't know where our next meal was coming from. But we were really healthy doing that. So we were obviously on our feet all day and have it, had a varied diet, um, moved around in tribes, so we were more communal and things like that. And literally the worst thing that we did was become farmers because, number one, we stayed in the same place, so we were basically soiling the area and making it kind of toxic and not moving around. We had a very, very, like, monotonous diet that wasn't very good for us at all. And to work the ground, we were working, like, 12 hours plus back-breaking work, all just so we were, like, a tiny bit more certain where our food was coming from. It was a trade-off that was, like, you know, they say in all the books, totally not worth it. But the reasons that humans did it and were drawn to it is because they... We don't deal with uncertainty. We don't deal with uncertainty very well. So... If you're feeling uncertain at the moment, don't feel any shame in that because that is what humans are. We are, we want everything to be certain. And that shows in where's our next paycheck coming from? You know, having our own house. Are we going to be able to pay our mortgage? Yeah, (laughs) big question from the past week, you know. Um, Lots of bottles of gin, I'm sure, have disappeared this week and I'm trying to answer that question. I would say, and we don't have an answer for people in terms yeah, of, of how how is this we're filming this live in the moment we have no idea what's going to happen and once i think you go some way to accepting that it's uncertain i think that's and that's what i think everyone should be okay with is not being okay and it's it's going to take some time for mm-hmm. us all to accept. And some of us are point blank in denial that some of this is happening right now. Um, some of us are, you know, literally at the stage of panic and everywhere in between. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. And there, there are, and even people who are still not affected, say financially, which, you know, the vast majority of people are, the vast, vast majority of people are affected financially by this. Say if you're a doctor or a police worker, or a remote worker. Um, a lot of my colleagues in online coaching, for example, um, they are very well-established businesses. 
even that, it's still very uncertain how this is going to pan out. So it may not be that you have a financial uncertainty. It could be you're worried about your loved ones or, or something like that. But yeah, if you go some way to try and acknowledge and lean in a little bit to the uncertainty, then it may make the nutrition, the movement, the sleep, the stress that you're worrying about, the mortgage, somewhat easier. A little bit more manageable. The definition of stress is when you don't feel like you're in control of something. But when you, in, um, in, in the coaching system that I was trained in, precision nutrition, we call it noticing and naming. When you notice and name, point and call, don't have a fucking clue what's going to happen. It can make things <laughs> a little bit better because at least you're staring it in the face and saying, I don't know what's going to happen. If it makes anyone feel any better, I had a just breakdown. I just walked around the supermarket getting the essentials today and just cried the entire way around and oh. had no idea why I was crying at the time. Got back in the car. <laughs> you were like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I was like, I am obviously anxious i haven't pinned down exactly what i'm feeling why i'm feeling it my but my body is clearly showing um a a level of anxiety there so just being able to notice a name like you said that my body is telling me that i'm feeling some stuff and yeah and at that point i was like okay don't don't really know what to say to that sure and you didn't have to say no but just being there was enough yeah and we can talk about how you as a couple can manage this crisis together, especially when you're both working from home now, as me and Laura are. <laughs> like, I usually work from home. Laura doesn't usually. Did you notice the nervous laugh again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to... I've got apocalyptic arguments with spouse and how to manage them on the agenda. There's a category for today? Yeah, there's Great. a category, yeah. Because I've seen on Facebook there's other people going through that stuff at the moment. <laughs> Either their spouse or their kids, you know. <laughs> getting a bit into a bit of a hairy situation so shall we have a chat about nutrition management so we'll start off broadly by saying um the first thing i think from talking with clients and from talking with people because i've been doing a lot of outreach on social media and just saying look how can i help you people out there people who may not know um that i'm a coach even or even know my who the hell i am or or what nutrition coaching is what do you need in this sort of thing and the, the majority of the responses was how can I even think about that? How can I even think about being healthy, which is usually something that people are trying to get round to at some point, at the best of times. How can I even think about that now? How do I have space for that with, you know, possibly my house going away, possibly not being able to feed my kids, probably getting fired, you know, some people. How do I... How can I how can I think about that right now? And why would I? I would say, in answer to that, that the things that you just listed are all out of our control right now. Mm-hmm. They're all things that we have no ability to make a decision on because it's all changing day by day. But the things that we can control and that we can have some satisfaction in is knowing that we can look after ourselves in this period of time. And you've hit upon an important point there in terms of and I I have this conversation with people a lot what being healthy means to you so that's always going to be different for everybody and I have this conversation it's just in a in a very sharp sort of focus now with my clients and with potential clients a lot it's like this stuff being healthy in quote marks you don't have to do it if it's not a priority to you 
if you genuinely don't see the value, and I'm not saying this from a judgmental place at all, I'm saying it is a choice that adults make all the time. If it is not important to you to move, if it's not important to you to eat well, if it's not important to you to stop smoking, fill in the blank here, that is your decision. That is how you want to live your life. I will never go to a Zumba class. I'm sure it's very good for me, but I don't, I really don't want to do it. I don't think I'd be very good at it. I don't think I'd enjoy it. And it is really good for me. I'm not going to deny that, but I don't want to do it. And I think every human is empowered, should be empowered to look at something and say that is not a priority for me and also not be judged for it. I mean, I'm a, health, I'm a nutrition, strength, health coach, whatever you want to call it. It is an adult's decision whether they want to do that or not. Completely. So bringing it back to COVID-19 sort of um, area, if you feel that trying to either improve your nutrition or stay on track with your nutrition goals, movement goals, running goals, whatever, if you feel that will be more detrimental to your state of mind than, um, you know, uh, help you, don't do it. Let it go for now. This is a temporary situation. We don't have a timeline yet, but we do know it's going to be a temporary situation. The situation is not going to last forever and it's changing every day. If it is too much stress for you right now to look to continue to manage your health, obviously I'd recommend it because, because you'll be, I believe you'll be happier, healthier, and you'll come out the other side a better in a better shape. But if you don't feel like you have the mental capacity, if it is all you're doing at the moment not to break down in front of your kids, don't think about, don't waste time, mental energy, your reserves, your precious reserves at a time like this, trying to worry about your macros. <laughs> you know what I mean? For some people, that's going to be a, a really great relief to have that to concentrate on. But for some people, like you said, it's going to be more stress than it's worth. Mm-hmm. So find out what your priorities are. Discuss them with your loved ones. Come up with the things that you all want to concentrate on individually um, and yeah. prioritise at this time. And and this is a an important point, I think. Health and fitness. If, if you're just like, no, but I do. I do want to take care of myself. Um, I... I have, you know, I like to eat well, I like to move well, I like to make sure I get enough street sleep, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, then if that is you, try and move away from this idea that it has to be all or nothing, because trust me, no one's getting all in at the moment, as in perfect macros, perfect choice of food, you know, line caught cod with kale and some fruit and some like, you know, purple potatoes or whatever the fuck it is that your, your, your definition of the ultimate in health probably isn't going to happen right now. Whether it is going to be compromised. Yeah, whether that's due to food availability, uh, finances, self-isolation, it's probably not going to happen right now. But because you can't do that, the perfect hitting of macros, that sort of thing, doesn't mean, just because you can't do 10, doesn't mean it has to be zero. So because I can't have that, the perfect macros, the protein with every meal, whatever sort of standards you have for yourself in terms of uh, staying on track. Again, I'm using a lot of quote marks here. It's not, if you try and go into this all or nothing, you're just going to be nothing, 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 nothing. As in, you're going to be hitting nothing, and then it's going to be a totally unsatisfactory, and it's just going to make you feel worse, isn't it? So it's not, okay, I can either do that, I'm either on track, 
or I'm off track. And on track is this, and off track is on the sofa with a packet of Monster Munch and four beers, locking the kids upstairs with a PlayStation and basically wallowing. It doesn't have to be like that. There is definitely a place in the middle. It's not an on and off switch. It doesn't have to be. It is a dial. So if you can't have the light caught cod, what frozen protein options are there left in your supermarket? And if you can't have your usual sort of balanced meal, what is available? How can you do the best with what you can have? And without even formally introducing the topic, I've, I've, or I'm, I'm blown right past it. I'm in nutrition right now. And I'm going to do a presentation on this for anyone interested, like a, a live um, presentation on Facebook real soon about this, about you know how to manage your nutrition and deep health. The first question you want to ask yourself, as I said, you want to... Okay, what's my usual sort of standard? Not ideal standard, how I how I want things to be. What do I usually do? And let's call what I usually do, you know, the te- the ten. That's how I that's how I like it to be. It can't be ten right now, but can it be an eight? And what does that look like? Can it be a, if it's can't be an eight, can it be a six? And what does that look like? Set some new expectations. For your meal so for your meals or for your your general way of eating is it is it better than it could be like are yes. you making some positive choices like you said instead of the the beers and the monster munch mm. instead of it being you know like your your meat and your veg and your appropriate amount of carbs or whatever you know is there somewhere better than the bottom choice that you could make yeah exactly so you, it really helps, and I do this exercise with my clients, to say, what is my zero in terms of effort toward my health and fitness? So if you're a runner, my running training, um, how I eat around that training, you know, my alcohol consumption, the amount of sleep I get. What's my zero? Okay, my zero is I get three hours of sleep a night. I get drunk every day. I'm, um, you know, McDonald's breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I don't train. I'm completely sedentary. That's my zero. Okay, now, now that we found out your zero, what's your 10? My 10 is I hit all of my five workouts a week and I get in two strength sessions as well. I do my mobility every night. I have protein, carbs and fats in the right proportions for my diet every day. I hydrate properly. That's my 10. That's when I'm really on my A game. Okay, in this COVID-19 situation... How, where do we fall on that scale? What's, what's, what's doable with what you've got? Yeah, what's, what, where do you want to be and where do you expect that you can be given everything else that's going on around exactly. you? Exactly, where can you be? What's in your locus of control and what's outside it? And it's worth taking 15 minutes. This is my zero, this is my 10. This is currently, and it doesn't have to be, you know, this is my situation today. This is what I've got in my fridge today. I don't have any fresh caught protein, but I've got a can of baked beans and there's some protein in that. There's there's, there's some carbs in there that maybe that sort of make it not a complete source of protein. Okay, it's a source of protein. That's your, you know, five or six out of 10. And that's the best you can do. So let it go. <laughs> you know, don't worry that it's not the line caught cod and that sort of thing. So I'll be I'll be totally transparent about this. Number one, we're doing this podcast drinking gin and tonic. Cheers. Yes. Like <laughs> little clink, little clink, little clink. Um 
don't get, don't get us wrong, like, we're not people who are like, oh, you know, we barely drink. We do drink, don't we, but what, one or two a week usually? Yeah, with the with the exception of a, of a few more here and there. And what, our running total this week? Uh, I mean, I think you've done six to eight so far, it's Thursday. You've done two Pilates classes, you've been out running three times? No, no, I mean my times. drinks. Oh, drinks. <laughs> six, <laughs> six to eight drinks. I had, like, Tuesday when it was a bit hairy, I had, like, some double whiskeys, remember? And I was, like, <laughs> well, I'm a bit, a bit drunk. Um, and total transparency, I was on uh, a, a cutting diet, I was trying to lose weight for the Manchester Marathon. When it got postponed, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll carry on cutting weight, might as well finish this out. When this all kicked off and it was quarantine talk, you couldn't go to work, our mortgage was compromised, I was like, okay, cutting weight is a stressful activity, being in a calorie deficit is something quite significant that takes quite a lot of my mental energy and my physical energy, especially at the point I'm at now, I'm not going to do it anymore. And that doesn't mean that I went out, stacked up on Tony's Chocolate Only, Monster Munch, beers, that sort of thing, and went absolutely crazy, did I? I just went, no, I'm just, you know, what are my new standards? And I wrote them down. I'm still going to prep my food. I'm still going to make sure that I try and um, have balanced meals, protein, carbs, and fats. I'm going to eat a little bit more intuitively. I'm maybe going to have some alcohol when I'm feeling a bit stressed, within reason. I'm maybe going to have a bit of chocolate and that sort of thing, within reason. Because for where I am right now, that's what I need. I need brain space to be able to get my work done, to be able to put stuff out there for people. And the cut at the moment, I don't have an aesthetic goal that it's the whole purpose of it was for. And things are just a little bit too crazy for it at the moment. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. And if, and if people were out there who were on a diet or had a real, you know, I want to lose five pounds by this, you know, had a best self journal, I want to have it, had a smart goal for weight loss, I had a smart goal for upping their protein intake, you know, air quotes, sorting out their nutrition for a particular event review it this is one of the very rare times where it's totally okay to bail on a goal and to say you know what not appropriate right now no we've got to look after ourselves and our families yeah exactly but try and get away from the pause button mentality of just because i'm not doing that that means i'm going to go to my zero and that sort of thing. I think that's a really good lead into the next section because this does give us a window of opportunity to focus on some other stuff that we want to do without having that restriction of the timeline for the event that we might have been prepping for, for mm-hmm. example. So it might be that actually you were giving everything to a certain part of your training, but now because that deadline's gone, we might actually have a little bit more time to take into consideration some of those other aspects. So you know, like, for example, getting more sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, we might find that work was really hectic and we were trying to get in all our training um but now if we're working from home we might find we've got a little bit more time to do the training we might have a bit more time for a good nighttime routine get more sleep in mm-hmm. um, and i know that's something that you know you've given me incredible advice on um you know sleep and stress and nighttime routines so um what advice would you give i don't think I'd, you get a little bit more out of our relationship than just better sleep <laughs> you had given me some good advice on that in the past what's great about Sam do you know what I sleep so good (laughs) sorry what was the question goofing around too much Um, do you want to give our listeners a little bit of advice in terms of sleep and nighttime routines and just other things that they can be doing 
tough themselves out right now. See, do you know what? I always feel really weird about giving advice about sleep because I've always been fucking awesome at it. <laughs> um, it's true. And it's not... To be awesome at sleep doesn't require any type of skill or, in my opinion, discipline. I just... Biologically, my sister's the same. My mother's the same. Your family are amazing. My brother's the same. Yeah, sleep because we are monsters if we don't get it. And I feel, um, and I could be unlucky or lucky, depending on how you look at it. When I don't get enough sleep, I feel physically nauseous. If I when I wake up for like a holiday or something, and I have I've only got four or five hours of sleep, like women into Lanzarote, mm. I feel physically sick when I don't get enough sleep. And um, my body will do pretty much everything it can to try and recoup the eight or nine hours that I usually get. So I don't really feel like I should, I'm really qualified to give advice because it's always been an overwhelming priority physiologically for me to get sleep. So it, it, it doesn't take any discipline on my part. But from what I understand from working with clients and from working with people who don't, who are used to getting four hours of sleep a night, it really takes some discipline and a, a, a quite a like Herculean amount of effort to change these sorts of routines. But, you know, some of the things, some of the advice that I've given has been uh, useful. But to be honest, I've ripped it all off from uh, Why We Sleep, the book by uh, Dr. Matthew Walker, who's a sleep specialist and neurologist. It's a brilliant book. So I've listened to it on audio. Um, And if (laughs) so, the thing about this book is it's absolutely fantastic and it's full of so much really so useful information. Um, But if you listen to it when you're tired... (laughs) Uh, if, yeah, the audiobook especially. It, it will send you. It's to really soporific, yeah. Um, so, um, if you want the cliff notes, basically, he has a TED talk. I think uh, sleep is your superpower. If you Google that, yeah, his TED talk, yeah. So um, he goes over the main points in there. But um, basically, the, the main points, the main things that you can do to get more sleep, especially in times like this where sleep is is incredibly important for your overall mood and anxiety levels, is. Um, try and go to bed and this leads into another point for when your schedule is disrupted try and keep some kind of schedule and have touchstones in your day where you do certain things so for sleep especially if going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time so you regulate your own circadian rhythm is really important you'll fall asleep easier if you always go to bed at the same time and you'll wake up with less sort of drag if you always wake up at the same time as well so for me, I always go to bed and a lot of people are like, oh my God, I'm always in bed by about half nine. I'm always asleep by 10. And I, even if I don't have an alarm set, I wake up at seven. So, or, or between six and seven. So I either have eight to nine hours sleep. If you look at my Fitbit, it is literally eight or nine, absolutely no variation beyond that. No, not and on the than very nine. rare occasion that you don't meet that, you're great at napping. Uh, I don't have a choice about that. I'll fall asleep, <laughs> like as I say. So go to bed and 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 rise at the same time. And I know at the moment, especially with all the uncertainty and potentially the mental health problems that can come along from, you know, chronic uncertainty. So chronic anxiety, it will be very tempting to. It will keep you up at night basically, and it'll be very tempting to stay and lay in bed and try, you know, and rest. By all means, rest if you're going through a very stressful time as well. Um, but if you can try and go to bed and wake up at the same time, that will really help. The other thing, um, which sort of loops back to nutrition, um, and we, you know, we joke about we've got a gin and tonic now. If you're drinking significantly, or if you have, say, more than two or three drinks just before you go to bed, that will disrupt your sleep. So alcohol is a great 
it's great at making you unconscious, but I think a lot of people incorrectly think of it as a sleep aid. That's very true. Yeah, um, and it's not. It really disrupts your sleep. So what it will do is because it's a, it's a depressant and people are like, well, it's depressant, it will help you sleep. That triggers a release of adrenaline a few hours down the line because your body recognises that it's been kind of like... Suppressed. Art- yeah, artificially depressed. So everyone sort of had it where they've had a few drinks before they go to bed and then you wake up at half two basically with the horrors like oh my god and quite an anxious state um because the, that's the effect of a couple of or a few drinks so that that will affect your sleep like i say it, it might relax you and we've had them in the evening because they're a bit relaxed try and have them around five or six rather than not five or six drinks <laughs> as in 5 p.m or 6 p.m um rather than later in the evening and try not to have so much that it sort of makes you unconscious because that's not sleep that's not restful regenerative sleep that's just literally just knocking you out i would say um and we can come back to like how alcohol can actually make anxiety worse in the long run the other thing as well is um a hot bath hot bath is they don't really know why but it's something to do with uh, mimicking the drop in body temperature before you sleep but when you get in the bath and you're hot and then suddenly your temperature drops when you get out it can help facilitate sleep i didn't know that yeah it's you sure you've read Why We Sleep? It's like, I mean, it was a while ago. He says it quite a few times. <laughs> Maybe you did fall asleep too much reading that book. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of sleep management, it's... Uh, have a nighttime routine. Have a nighttime um, routine. And maybe uh, don't check the latest on the coronavirus updates just before you go to bed. Oh, yeah. And the thing that people, like everyone seems to say these days is true, like yeah, the blue light and the screen time. I think less to do with the blue light, which obviously they say inhibits the release of melatonin, which is a neurotransmitter that, that sort of signals to your brain that it's time to go to sleep. I think less than that, it's more the scrolling, the stimulation, the anxiety provoking, especially at a time now where there's news updates every minute about something that we're all really concerned about. Like have a time where you turn off your smartphone, I think would probably help with sleep. Yeah, maybe just after the uh, five o'clock update from the Prime Minister. Yeah, After perfect. that, turn it off. After that, turn it off. I think I said on my Instagram the other day, um, after I went for that run, I did a story and I, I gave some sort of like mental health tips. And one of them was like, if you're finding like really useful free content um, on Instagram or Facebook for this time, that's great. But just go directly to the account to get it. Like once you know they're giving out free information and they say, you know, not to blow our, our own trumpet, but like what have we been doing with the at-home mobility stuff and that sort of thing. Um, either turn on notification on Instagram or look for it specifically on Facebook. Don't scroll. There's a lot of crap out there at the moment. Yeah. A lot of um, judgment, a lot of negativity, that sort of thing. And scrolling in general is something I don't think that social media is for. So that's something that I've been avoiding. What, what, what things did you... I mean, you, before you met me, you were kind of like a stay up late. Oh, God. Yeah, I early. mean, I would get maybe four or five hours of sleep a night. So um, we'd go to bed far too late um maybe fall asleep on the sofa and then have to wake up and you know clean up put the girls to bed so that was always a disruption to sleeping anyway there are dogs by the way oh <laughs> Bella Mia. yeah um which hopefully if you've been following any of our social media stuff you'll have seen them featuring heavily in yeah. our posts and videos they love a bit um, of yoga <laughs> well Bella just loves uh, being in front of the camera she does um but yeah, and then we'd always be up at sort of half five for, for work the next day. So I lived on for a very long time on a very, very small amount of sleep compared to what I do now. And mm. it just, it feels so different. Yeah. And it's, 
it's just um there's a if like I say go to the TED talk for the Matthew Walker thing because he um has some pretty scary statistics about what even a slight lack of sleep can do to your mental state in terms of rates of anxiety and depression. Um, car accidents. Car accidents. Um, like the, I think it's like if you are an hour and a half sleep deprived, it can be the equivalent of like two or three drinks. So for when you're driving and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, when you're trying to manage this situation, um, and when I say this situation, I'm encapsulating everything, like total schedule disruption for yourself and your kids, total uncertainty about the future, which as we've established, humans are just generally shit at. Um, when you're trying to manage all of this, it's going to feel so much worse on a lack of sleep. And you, then you're going to get really, like you said, you know, you're a little bit uh, tougher to handle when you've had less sleep so uh I don't think I said that I think you just said that (laughs) (laughs) if you've had less sleep and you're isolated with a close family or friends um Mm. looking at preventing preventing arguments Mm. that's another thing we can talk about so moving on to stress management (laughs) because sleep and stress are really closely interlinked and you can get yourself in sort of like an unvirtuous cycle if you're very very stressed then obviously you don't sleep very much and because you don't sleep very much you get even more stressed stress at this time can be caused by quite a few things the overarching uncertainty as we've spoken about but also adjusting to a totally different schedule um can be really trying for some people i think you can speak to this more than i can because this is a uncertain time for me but I think and stop me if I'm wrong here I think I'm dealing with it a bit better because this is more like my life day-to-day life than yours yeah you work from home um a higher percentage of the time um a lot of your business is you know most of it is established as an online business anyway um and although I have aspects of my business that are online um they are a much smaller percentage than my face-to-face contact physiotherapy contact yeah Yeah, physio and um in-person pilates classes that i do um so yeah this this week's been a dramatic difference um working from home and you know i think there's going to be quite a lot of people that maybe start to have a bit more of an appreciation for what their partner does um i definitely have found that from for you this week with um, me? Yeah. Really? How? Working from home all the time and actually having to work out a schedule that keeps you sane. Like you, otherwise, you just work the whole time. Like, being at home, there's so many other things that you can be doing around the house. And there's house stuff to deal with and then there's your work stuff to deal with. But because you don't have like a, a certain start and a finish to mm. elements of your day you just keep going and going and going and going it just doesn't ever seem to end but now understanding that part and fitting in all the other stuff around the house as well mm. I just have a new appreciation for a lot of the stuff that you do while I'm out seeing people face to face I I mean I would definitely say that I haven't got it all figured out um and it's actually nice to have you with me so it's just like great now you're doing this too can you figure this out with me <laughs> like um what i would say is that pre this point 
and the advice that I could offer to listeners who are now newly working from home or at home is that it really helps to have touchstones in your day. Um, I am the type of person who I'm like, we've spoken about Gretchen Rubin and the four tendencies framework. I'm a rebel. I don't like being told what to do. And I also don't naturally like structure in my life. I deal very well with disruption because I don't like a lot of rigidity in my routine and when I I really struggled with that when I first started working from home because I didn't like blocking like some people said you know block out every hour for a different project or a different focus and I was like that just doesn't work for me because as soon as I see it on the calendar I'm like I I don't want to do that now because that's the nature of when I read Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin and she was like you know rebels don't like being told what to do even when they know they've scheduled it for themselves but after some experimentation, I was like, okay, I can't just start every day with no idea what I'm going to do and no idea how it's going to shake out and decide at every single point in the day, okay, I'm going to do this for this purpose. It's just too draining. So I kind of found a compromise in that I have, as I say, touchstones in my day. And um, it, you may be, people who listen to this, you may be the type of person that is struggling because you're super structured and, and super scheduled and that's how you like it then I would say that you just need to, it's a really simple fix, you just need to be really proactive, get Google Calendar up or some kind of schedule and say, okay, 9 till 10 I'm going to do this and 10 till 11 I'm going to do this, 11 till 12 and then I'm going to have lunch and then it's quite a simple whether procedure. Whether that's work-related or not because some people will be at home now yeah. but unable to do their usual work. So even having a routine, like you said, where you're scheduling certain things and getting up at the same time in the morning, getting yourself dressed and showered, ready for the yeah. day. Which is what Rangan Chatterjee said, didn't you? I was you? about to say that, absolutely. I Laura's absolutely... new favourite person. Oh my God, fangirl. <laughs> Laura um, like, loves him. I do. Dr Chatterjee, <laughs> if you are any chance you are listening to this, I love you. He's just a very... Down to earth, he's just a really sweet, really nice guy. His podcast, Feel Better, Live More. Shout out for that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Anyway, yeah, if you're the type of person that that likes schedule, it's really simple. You just have to be proactive and make a new schedule for when you're at home. If you're like me and resistant to the idea of a schedule, as I say, you create these touchstones. So they're going to be different for you. But for me, I get up and I stay in my pyjamas. I just put shoes and my coat on and I take the dogs for a walk. But that works for you, And it it? works for me. That is something that I do as soon as I get out of bed. And from that um, sort of catalyst habit, it knocks on to everything else. So I get up, I take the dogs for a walk, I I come home, I have breakfast, then I'll spend an an hour checking emails, and then I'll usually do some kind of movement prep for my run, and then I'll go for my run, I'll do some kind of cool down, and then I'll have something to eat. You know, that sort of thing. Usually that's what happens, but I don't schedule it in. I just say, my touchstone is I'd walk the dogs. Well, yeah, that's true. And then you have those cascade of things that happen as a result of that. Yeah. Do you think it might be useful for people to find out what type of personality they have to go through this? Yeah, actually, that's a great point. Four tendencies. Four tendencies, yeah. So we'll put a link in the show notes. If you take the habits quiz by Gretchen Rubin, who is a happiness expert and a habit expert, you come out... Oblige a questioner, um, uphold a rebel. And then she'll give you strategies to manage your tendencies, which would actually would probably be really helpful I for a time so. like this. So you can it's basically you can basically recraft your habits for while you're at home. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and it, it might help who the other people around you, what their tendencies are and what type of personality they have, because it can allow you to understand each other a little bit better and how to work together at home yeah. um, when you're in these confined spaces. Yeah. And don't, yeah, it, 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 with, if it helps, then, then it helps. But a lot of managing this uncertainty is about what, controlling what you can control and what you can control, what, you know, the last bastions that you have there's still quite a lot. You still control what time you get out of bed. You still control whether you get dressed or not, whether, you know, walking your dogs. You you can still go out for a run in the UK at least now. Anyway, the quarantine hasn't got to the point where you can't go outside of the house. Um, there's all these things that you can control and that goes into stress management as well. If you're feeling out of control and you're feeling overwhelmed by the uncertainty, make a list of everything that you're still in control of and you'll find that it's a lot. Like, you're still in you're still in control of uh, might not be in control of what you eat going back to nutrition but you're in control of how much you eat if you're worried about putting on weight you're absolutely in control of how much you eat not what you eat you could be eating the crappiest food in the world if you don't eat that much of it you're not going to put on any weight you are still in control of what time you get up how much sleep you get you know so much stuff that you're in control of whether you move or not I think that's really reassuring for people to hear. Just making that list, I think, is a really good idea. Yeah, just making that. Um, and stress man on the subject of stress management, I was incredibly. I had a bad day yesterday, in terms of maybe the day that you've had today, where it's just just hit just hit me, and I haven't done this in ages. And I just thought, you know what? And this was Rangan Chatterjee's advice. Love you, Doctor Chatterjee. <laughs> uh, he said journal. So I was like, oh, yeah. I, I don't really want to sat at the kitchen table and just wrote about two pages of all the shit that was going on in my head, all the stuff that I was worried about. No sort of fetters, no sort of trying to, you know, because I'm a writer by trade, no sort of trying to make it sound good or anything like that. Just like, rah, I'm just worried. Word from it, just get it all yeah, out. Yeah, about all of this. And it wasn't like the clouds parted and I felt absolutely magically better, but it got something off my chest. Yeah. I also had a bit of a cry, which I think helps as well. Um, that can be really useful as well so we've done nutrition stress management stress management sleep management now kind of onto your area movement management Mm -hmm. so this has multiple things because we do have as we found out this week listeners in canada and the u.s and um in other countries where the quarantine situation is different and various so in canada i think they have a quarantine situation but they also have a sub-zero temperature situation as well which makes going outside to run yeah that much harder especially like um my first girlfriend was from minnesota which is on the border of canada and if you're in england and canadians just to bring you up to speed with the uk's like misunderstanding of this we, we're like moderate people moderate weather moderate manners <laughs> We're not used to, like, extreme weather. So when I went to Minnesota and she was like, it's, like, minus 20 outside, I was didn't really get it. And then she opened her boot and she had, like, this massive survival kit and she said, you know, th- th- and she was explaining to me what, what we were going to do if we broke down. And I was like, why are you so worried about this? And she was like, because we'll die <laughs> if we break if we down. <laughs> if we break down in this weather. And it's like, oh, yeah, we don't really have that in the UK. We have pretty <laughs> cold weather, but, like, not that extreme. But... Yeah, in terms of movement, people are facing different challenges. All over the world, the challenges are going to be different. Yeah, so whether they can go outside, whether they have to completely self-isolate, either because they've been in contact with someone who has the virus or that sort of thing, or they're limited by their equipment because their gym is closed down. 
they're used to strength training, hopefully if you're a runner and you listen to this, we've, we've sold you on the benefits of strength training, but now you can't do it. And maybe you well, can't run. Like we spoke about in the Run in a Mental Health podcast, running might be your your release, your, your, your valve, and movement might be something that's an absolute necessity to you to manage your stress, to manage your sleep, even has a knock-on effect to your nutrition. What's your advice? I mean, just to, to pick up on you said, um, on what you said that, you know, if you can't do it, there are always things that we can do in any situation. Um, even if we, you know, had, you know, a meter, a meter or two meter square space that we were contained in, we could still be doing exercise that can meet all of our needs. It might get a little bit more repetitive than normal. Um, some of the things might be a little bit more restricted than the choices that we're used to, but there are still amazing things that we can do. Um, you know, in terms of rough guidance, we do want to be making sure that we're getting a little bit of cardio involved. So we're working the heart and the lungs and pushing that cardiovascular capacity. Mm-hmm. We want to be doing some form of resistance training. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be using weights, but we can use our body weight as resistance. Um, we can use gravity as resistance. Um, you know, that's something that people will laugh at. But actually, you know, given the some of the Pilates moves that you've been doing with me this week, using gravity as resistance um with body weight you know that can be pretty challenging so um, i was sore after that party session you were Gen- genu- i was still sore today like yeah she, she skipped a day i didn't skip a day <laughs> i didn't skip a day technically i didn't and this is another way of like managing <laughs> managing standards for yourself i usually do 20 minutes of pilates a day i did that 40 minute video with you that's true the, to help the general public as we're trying to do this week with their <laughs> movement so I thought, it's only right if I did 40 minutes on Wednesday, I can, well, sorry, on Tuesday, I can kind of skip Wednesday because I've carried, I've got like 20 minutes in the bank. I think that's perfectly fine. Exactly. But <laughs> the, the underlying message from that is that if you can, if you're using body weight exercise, you can do a lot more than you possibly think that you can. So there are lots of ways um, of getting that strength resistance. Mm. Um, so we've got cardio, we've got strength and we've got flexibility that we want to cover as well. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, there are some things that we can offer with that. But, you know, there are loads of yoga instructors that are already established online practitioners yeah. Um, that you can go to. Um, you know, there's a, f- a few that definitely spring to mind, but you know, in various areas of the world, you'll have your favourites. Um, but yeah, we're we're offering Pilates classes online this week for strength and resistance work. Um, that yeah. don't require any equipment at all, just space for you to lay down on the floor. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, and well, with cardio stuff, if you've got stairs, running up and down the stairs is going to get you puffed up pretty quickly. I think it comes down to the the all or nothing sort of thing, isn't it? So yeah, you don't have to go out for you know a, a ten mile run to be able to get running training in. Yeah, you, that's it, and it may be exactly like there are some people out there. I mean, this was even before the co- the quarantine on mass started happening. Was when their race got cancelled, that and their training schedule, they just a lot of people seem to see their training schedule as null and void, and like. Well, the race isn't happening now, so I'm not going to stick to that training schedule. And fair enough, if they're going to, if they had like a really like shitty week of really high and high mileage and thought, actually, that's not really worth it, um, then that's fair enough. But to stop running altogether just because your race is cancelled, I think is a real shame. Like, is it's always there's a middle ground to be had here because it's great to have a goal because you're working towards something 
and it gives meaning to your training and I get that but also don't lose sight of just the joy of running and movement because if you're not finding that joy or if you're not centering on that's pretty much your why for running is the actual in and of itself just running is why why you do it it may be having that kind of outcome focus for over the long term we either lead to injury because you'll push through it trying to get to the race or it will lead to you not really enjoying the training that much which is an awful lot of time spent doing something you don't actually enjoy in the moment yeah of course yeah so i think it was it's it's a lot of the overwhelming question that we've had recently is my race has been postponed or cancelled what shall i do and it's like christ i don't know i mean that the answer could be well it is different for a lot of people maybe you should uh, if you're if you're really fucking tired of running and you, and you don't you're not enjoying it switch it up you know yeah, exactly. go, try like a body pump class try a crossfit class um try something totally different go climbing or something like that switch it up and you can still get that endorphin rush that rush of i've done something that i didn't think that i could do from something else that's not running exclusive no of course we're biased because we like running i mean i'm especially biased I was a weightlifter for a few years and I didn't, I can genuinely say I wasn't, I didn't get as much enjoyment out of it in the moment as I do from running. I think there's something uh, primordial about running that, that just... Ticks all the boxes. Yeah, for humans, because I genuinely think, especially from the reading that I've done by Dan, like with Daniel Lieberman's theories and that sort of thing, that humans are supposed to do it. So when we do it, we kind of fall into a natural sort of... Stay. That's my that's my view. But if you're sick of it, then <laughs> just don't do it. Just Find something it. that you're going to enjoy. And if and and, but on the flip side of that coin, people who are like me or like you, they love running, and they see, well, I can't run, so what's the point? Ooh. Now, question for you: <laughs> If someone goes from a fairly high mileage runner, really active runner, mm-hmm. and they just stop moving, so for this period of time, which as we all know, have no idea how long it's going to go on for. They don't run. They can't run outside. They can't run outside. They don't have a treadmill and they just stop moving. What happens physiologically? Um, so the thing is your tissues are used to getting a regular stretch. So they're used to working through their full range of movement of you know the running requirements. So that might not be the full range of their potential movement, but the full range of a running requirement. Um, and if you change that up pretty quickly and dramatically to going running all the time to then, you know, the, the potential reality is that a lot of people might just be sitting on a sofa and laying in bed a lot more than they would usually in this situation. Mm. Um, in that situation, you're going to get a lot of shortening of a lot of the tissues, not to mention the fact that if you've been working them on a regular basis, pushing your distances, pushing your um, speeds, you've been working those tissues almost to the point of um of tearing you know when you work a muscle you tear it it rebuilds it gets stronger you know that's part of of growth and strength development Mm. um but as they're going through that healing process if you're not maintaining the length and keeping the function going then as they heal they're going to shorten more Mm -hmm. so as you then think about then starting to pick that running back up again say this however long this period lasts and you want to start going out running again it's going to be more challenging for you to get back to where you were if you've stopped than if you continue to do mobility, stability, strength work, doing something to keep your body active 
and there's lots of different ways that you can do that and you know it's important that you find a way that you can enjoy to do that during this time yeah um, and find what's right for you um share, you know send us a message if you want to chat to us about it in any more detail and find ways that that can work for you but mm. um yeah it was it would be definitely beneficial to keep the tissues long active and functional through their running range yeah and if and we're working on a worst case scenario here which pretty much isn't anyone um or, or maybe someone like running if running is totally off the table for 12 weeks to set you up with some expectations and this is causing you a lot of anxiety which again crosses over into stress management and that sort of thing you can't run outside and you don't have a treadmill and there's no way for you to get one and you don't want to try that washing up liquid trick that they've done. Oh my god! Please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. The risk of injury. You're going to break your fucking just... nose. So like, um, but I that... saw someone actually doing it in a bath rather than on a floor holding on to something. Yeah. something. If you walk, it could work, but I don't think running. But say that running is off the table. Um, yes, you're not able to run, and to set some expectations for you, like in terms of studies, cardiovascular fitness is lost very quickly. But it's also regained, regained yes. very quickly. So if it may be that you lose some fitness, the reality is you are going to lose some cardiovascular fitness. Key point: not muscular fitness. If not, we can't go out, not strength fitness, not flexibility fitness. You can all, you can increase those in a square space, as Laura says, of two, two by two. Meters. Yeah, two by two meters. You can increase your strength and flexibility. Again, it's about the locus of control. You may lose some aerobic fitness if that is the case but you will regain it really quickly and you can use that as an opportunity to work on your weaknesses work on your strength and your flexibility which you can do with your own body weight in a space that is extremely limited so again it goes back to the dial a one or ten yes you can't run but you can lay a foundation that you didn't have before in terms of strength and flexibility which are, they are much harder to work on than your cardiovascular fitness by the way strength and flexibility they take years. Like, there is no way that someone could work for five years and get the strength and flexibility that an Olympic-level gymnast ha- has because that takes decades. God, I mean... When- Absolute decades to build up that type of strength and flexibility. Cardiovascular fitness, you can... It takes a while to build up a very big base on the, you know, a VO2 te- a VO max, you know, on the level of an Olympic marathon runner. Yeah, don't get me wrong, that takes a long time. But... A, a very impressive range of cardiovascular fitness you can do that in a few years and you can regain it as we say quickly if you've had it before but strength and flexibility if you use this of op- this this time as an opportunity to, to get started on those there's something that's number one really worth having and number two hard to forge and hard to lose as well and the thing about those is that you know we as a community of runners we we love running and our priority is always tends to be running for a lot of people. And a lot of people see the accessory work, you know, the mobility stuff, the strengthening stuff on the side as almost like potentially a bit of an inconvenience because it, it can impede the amount of times that you can go out and run. Mm-hmm. But if we are now in a situation where our running capacity might be limited, please use this as an advantage point to work on those things that you may not have had the chance to work on or not have had the time to work on or not have had the priority to work on before. So that's one thing that we can take as a massive positive from this situation. We've now got the time to sort out any niggles, injuries, um, vulnerabilities to our running technique. We can really take a positive from this. And Laura and I are 
delivering content every day. Laura's doing a daily Pilates class of 45 minutes. That will, Pilates is basically equals strength and flexibility. We're doing mobility for that's, you know, area focused every day. Basically, we're trying to put out content at the moment that if the worst case scenario is you can't run at all, you have every opportunity and all the information you can need to maximize your strength and flexibility training while this is happening. Mm -hmm. Like turning um, a real challenge, a real world challenge, we can't overstate that, into an opportunity to build a base for your running. And we're doing that because our ethos is is that you turn challenge into opportunities and you turn the obstacle into the way, right? Yeah. That's that's why we're doing that. And that that might actually be a good place to wrap Wrap up. up. Yeah. Yeah. So as you say, like we we're just we we're humans going through this like you like you are, and we are doing the best that we can think of at the time, just like you are. So we're trying to, our response to this is to try and put out, to try and help as much as possible. There's Mm -hmm. a quote that I absolutely love that I posted today um, from Fred Rogers, from the Mr. Rogers show. And uh, he said, like, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers because you'll always find people who are helping. So when something scary is going on, any sort of natural disaster or terrorist attack or anything like that, you'll always see people who are helping. So for me, my way of dealing with this whole thing is just to try to be that helper. Yeah, to try and help. To try and help. Take advantage of uh, some help myself, you know, Mr. Gin and Mr. Tonic and, you know, <laughs> yeah, that type of thing. But that's what, that's what we want to do for you guys. And hopefully this podcast where we've spoken a little bit about nutrition management, movement management, sleep management and stress management, that's our way of trying to help you. In order to carry on helping you, because we're in, it looks like we're in this for a long haul. In the UK, Boris Johnson gave like a very arbitrary figure of 12 weeks to try and like... um, Turn the tide. To try and turn the tide of what's going on at the moment. But we don't know, as we say. It's a very uncertain time. We want to hear from you. What do you need from us that will make this period... More manageable. More manageable. That can turn it into an opportunity and that will help you... As a runner, as a human, get through it. And we will try to cover it. If you want us to try and get Dr. Rangan Chatterjee on here... Oh, my God, can you imagine? That... I won't lie to you, probably won't happen. (laughs) He's kind of a big (laughs) deal, but we will try. Uh, If you want to hear more about mental health, if you want to hear more about how to manage your nutrition when you're on lockdown, how to manage your movement, how to manage your sleep, how to manage your stress, how to manage something that we haven't mentioned at all on this podcast, just send us in an email to sam at endurestronger.com or laura at endurestronger.com and we will try our best. Or if you just want more videos of us doing exercises with the dogs, that's gone down very well so far as well. That, that has actually, yeah. <laughs> Bringing a few smiles to people's faces along the way. And if you don't, you're not a fan of the dogs, we genuinely can't stop them coming in the video. They <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they come as part of the team. We've tried, yeah. They, they just... Uh, it happens anyway but we will be back next week we will be we have a huge backlog of um guests and recorded podcasts that we've done with them so we will be sticking to our schedule usually yep of um you know having a guest and then having us and then having a guest and then having us but the schedule's at the window pretty much we usually publish every friday if you need more from us if you let have us it, know, just yeah. let us know if you need content if you need a mobility fix if you need a strength fix we've got some projects 
obviously planned, but we'd love to hear from you and um, see what you need as well. In the meantime, stay safe, um, stay positive, and um, what else was I going to say? We'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. And um, yeah, when times are hard, just look for the people who are helping. We'll see you next week, guys. <laughs>